Every, yeah, everything that is spoken here. The new, the new suitors. <laughs> this, this is this one's for the history books. Like I can feel it. Like something about well, this call. Well, let's make it historic then, guys. Yeah. With with Parker's graphs in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Historical air graphs. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. What's up? Another video. Hey, what's up, YouTube? Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> what's hey, up, all you 1.2K? Yeah. Viewers. <laughs> what's up, all my Dama subscribers? Don't forget hey, yo, to like, up? comment, share this post with your mom. Post this what's video up? on your mom's Facebook. If you don't, if you don't post it on your mom's Facebook, you're going to be reborn in a lower, like, Buddhist hell realm. So, yeah. yeah. So this is like the best Mother's Day, you know, gift. You know, you could give. Yeah. Oh man. Better mothers. Make sure to. Teach your mom the Dhamma this Mother's Day. In one day. In one, you know, compact it, concentrate it. Dhamma pill. Yeah, like, moms don't need flowers. Like, they don't need that. They need some Dhamma. So, like, make sure to, like, just start laying That's out some, the suttas. Some Mama Dhamma. Mama Dhamma. <laughs> What's that so quote? Welcome, Carl. Teach... Hey, Carl. Oh, hey, what's Carl. that quote? If you teach a man to fish, he'll fish for like eternity. But if you only give him a fish, he'll only eat for a day. Uh, I think it's yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, I'm sure that's how it goes. Like... Flowers, he'll be happy for a day if you give him a day. Well, he could cut it in half and eat for maybe two days. It depends on his appetite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's the analogy that oh. one of the analogies that Don Rada uses when we're talking about. Um, the Dhamma that he could, I he could just crack jokes on us, crack jokes with us for an hour. We could just laugh for an hour. But an even better gift would be teaching us how to crack those jokes in our own minds, so we don't even need to call on Skype to do that. That we can learn to fish ourselves, that's um, a, that's not just problem, get the fish. He teaches it too quick, and then after like, what I think I've had like seven calls with him, something like that, and I already know like I don't feel the need to call him again. Like I kind of get the gist. And it's like, damn, like now I don't have to call him. Like, I kind of want to call him, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I'm going to call him. And then, like, if you, like, have something, like, interesting, like, you want to talk about, you can just do that. Like, that, yeah. I, like, I have, yeah, I've been, like, so happy that it's like, why do I, I, I don't need to call him. And then, like, if I call him, yes. hey, girl. If I call him, like, I don't want to, like, get a Dhamma lesson. <laughs> And I don't want one, you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. But um, fun like to call DJ, him. Like, so like, DJ don't had, let that discourage you. DJ had the issue where he learned the teaching before he even he learned the Buddha's method before he even called Amaratho. So he's had two calls and he's already like done. You remember? I remember you said that, DJ. That doesn't well, sound like, like an issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like watching the videos, like don't even need to call. I, but but for the future generations, I'll still call. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. I like watching your calls. I I always tune into those. But you don't need an excuse to have fun. Yeah. I learn a lot. From I don't really need to call him because I have your guys' calls. I learn a lot. <laughs> for all for all I those like youngsters, 
I for all those youngsters well. that are tempted to, you know, <laughs> eat hamburgers in the sewer. <laughs> 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 oh, that kills me. I like I like the first. That's one of the most profound someone, teachings. Because you can see that, like, you can see how he like carefully like manipulates their psychology to like trick them into being happy. I think well, that's it's not pretty. A trick if you're actually happy. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, the trick um, is the trick that we've been tricked into dukkha all our lives, and yeah, <laughs> now we're just trick. waking up to the fact that everything really is okay. Trick to yeah. the dukkha. Wow, <laughs> Parker, that sounds really hip. Parker. It's a <laughs> I'm tricked out magi- magician's sleight of hand that made you duka. It's like Mara's little magic trick. Um, <laughs> it's the magic over trick. Over. We have to go get things to be happy, right? The over magic trick over. of the the one way to talk about it is there's a triangle. If, if the crafts weren't enough earlier, I'm going to use my hands again. There's a triangle you know. of A, C, or A, B, and C here. And we're taught that, hey, you have to do B to get C, that you have to go to college to be happy. You have to get a job to be happy. You have to um, work so you can eat or whatever. But it's all of this means to an end, right? And what we're teaching here, I don't remember the poly word, but there's a word that essentially translates into the, the shortcut method, that we don't need to do this, all this dukkha to be happy or to go get things to be happy. And even that's not satisfactory because we'll get it, but we're in the habit of looking for more things to be happy and it's not reproducible. So what we can do, and it's it's less like this and more like this, that we're going on this long path to be happy, but it's really just a step here whenever we remember. And it's a really short method if we can remember. Um, so people are teaching this dark night of the soul that you have to go through all this dukkha to be happy. And that's really... <laughs> You're going to suffer. You get. You have to go get this dark night of the soul before you can be happy. Um, but really, what people are learning in the dark night of the soul is how to be happy. But um, they're learning the Eightfold Noble Path, the right view, the right effort, and the right sati. But they're taking so much more dukkha that they really need to do. They're developing those skills from realizing how bad it gets and how bad suffering is. And they sort of intuitively develop those skills. But really, we can learn those just by being taught, hey, right sati, right effort, and right view. When there is an unwholesome thought in the mind, wake up to it and throw it out. That we don't need to hit rock bottom to realize that. Well, yeah, all you got to do is pile up enough hamburgers until you're out of the sewer. Um, if you're in the sewer, all you need is a big fucking pile of hamburgers. What is the hamburgers? The hamburgers is a wholesome thought. A wholesome thoughts and cracking jokes and like having a good time. Exactly. So like, uh, um, at that moment, become like lord of the hamburgers and like there's that's like the best feeling in the fucking universe is like to be like the emperor of like of your own pile of hamburgers. And the dark night of the soul then is the idea that hey we're gonna jump in the sewage and swim in the sewage till we realize the sewage is gross and we decide to choose hamburgers instead. Yeah. What we're teaching is that you can just throw hamburgers right in there and you don't need to really inspect that sewage that much. Yeah. Back it up, Carl. Back it up. Mm. Yeah, I don't need to go to the Burger King. I am the Burger King. Exactly. That's <laughs> good. That's good. You don't even need one of those car- cardboard crowns. No. I've seen a Burger Queen. <laughs> I'm at Burger King with my. Have you guys seen that meme? It's like a guy no. singing. He's like, 
I'm at Burger King with my Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds sounds hysterical, actually. Yeah. Link that. You'll link that at some point. I've seen your videos, Carl, but I've never been on a call with you. It's good to meet you. Hey, Parker. Yeah, I've seen you without a shirt, so it's kind of <laughs> awkward seeing you with a shirt now. <laughs> I'm mind blown that you actually wear shirts from back in time. <laughs> you don't recognize me. He do does. You? He does when he's indicating graphs and stuff with his hands. <laughs> it's related. Yeah. It's related to the geometry. He's professional today. So yeah, he's, yeah. he's whipping out the charts and the graphs. Got popped collar. <laughs> but um, I, I was gonna say something. Um, oh yeah, it's kind of like it's similar to what they teach depressed people in um in cognitive behavioral therapy. They teach them that it's our beliefs about the things that happen that make us sad, and not the things that happen. And so what we do is we step in. Um, before the belief is formed and we change our belief to be a positive one um, and then the outcome is happiness even if what happened would have uh, normally caused us to be unhappy due to our past conditioning that's the same thing they learn in therapy so it's you know it's 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 a pretty tried and true like legit method you know it's well, the yeah, there's a you know, it's a minimum, minimum effort to be happy it is really we are trained with ways of doing things that are bad habits and unwholesome habits right these beliefs you'd call them and people talk about this all the time in therapy what therapy is really missing or psychology is really missing or um is starting to learn with the mindfulness stuff is um the importance of the sati and waking up to it and just changing it right then and there right but it is talking about in the sense of the the map is not the tor territory right that's um, what they use in NLP, right? We have a map of the world that's unwholesome, that doesn't really match the territory. So we're developing the skill of developing a map that really maps onto the territory better, that is more wholesome. And what is that map? The Duca Duca Naroda, for one, right? That we are living by these old rules. The old map was, um, you should do this to be happy. You you sh should do your homework to be happy, et cetera. You should learn your ABCs to be happy. But what we're learning is, hey, we don't need to do that. The only map that's worthwhile keeping is Duca Duca Naroda. Well said. Yeah, and the... we'll slip back into that old map, and we just need to remember. <laughs> let's let's use the wide habits, wise habits instead. Go ahead, Scott. Um, yeah, the the mind and like the emotional system is just a series of like habits that have you have acquired like throughout your lifetime and like, um uh partly environmental maybe some biological aspects because uh for instance like the fight or flight response is like biologically ingrained into you to happen but then like how much it's activated is like due to your conditioning and like environmental factors so um and traumas and all that kind of stuff so essentially what we're doing with the wholesome thoughts and the sati and all that good stuff is reprogramming yourself to default be happy rather than default be miserable as a habit so it's like you're you're retraining your habit to actually just be happy because you can't <laughs> why wouldn't you retrain it to be happy it's like it's a it's a it's like a trainable thing like uh you got trained into being unhappy by habitually 
going down unwholesome thought trains and like stuff like that. But you didn't know that you were doing it. So now, now it's like different. So now you, you've been told that you actually can reprogram it. So now it's up to you to remember to reprogram it at every moment. And just, and then at a certain point, you've reprogrammed it so much that like your default is happy. And then you might fall back into unhappiness. Um, and then all you have to do is like, it's like a, just a, Oh, I fell back into it. Go back to the happiness. Like it's a simple nudge like that because exactly. your default. And once we clean out the room, it's easier just to clean out the little specks that pop up. Yeah. 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 And same with the map analogy, what you're saying here, like you could say that we got this map as a kid and we haven't really been investigating this map. We've been living on the island or the world or whatever, and we haven't been looking up. We haven't been looking at the territory at all. We're just using this old map. And just because we're not looking up, we end up running into walls. <laughs> That's dukkha, right? But the practice now is to, hey, what's happening really right here, right now? And let's adjust my map based on that. Yeah, it's like an instantaneous thing. It's like, hey, wake up. It's like a, <clears throat> it's like a, like a bucket of water in your face. Like, <laughs> oh shit! Like I was asleep, and then you wake up, and then you're happy again. Like it's not like a gradual process. It's like instantaneous, like wakey wakey, and it's just like doing that more, like more wakey wakey moments. And it's having that attitude that you're expressing of I was asleep. The congratulatory yeah. <laughs> attitude of. <laughs> I'm awake now rather than the idea of like, oh, I, I could have been happy asleep. before yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to yeah, say before like joining the call as well like you were talking about how some people don't need to follow the Murado but this is a good thing of Sangha point is like jumping on on Sangha and picking up each other's attitude of, of not essentially swimming in the sewer and just eating the fill you can share your hamburgers with your friends and and <laughs> and enjoy the good time together because I, even me personally right now is like swimming in the sewer for a tiny bit but then i jump on sangha and i'm e eating the hamburgers again now just i need to maintain the hamburger eating attitude <laughs> rest of the time but so that's the beauty that. of like sangha or calling them rado is that you can snap into it and you can see that you can get out of the the, the suffering that you're creating yourself and you can actually see that you can maintain it. You can almost come back to that zero point line. Like you, you, you bring yourself down, then you maybe give a call or you join a sign call or you talk to somebody else and you bring yourself back to the zero point. And now back to maintenance level. Like how, how good can you get? How good can I feel? Yeah. yeah and like every, we've been hanging out a lot in the discord lately and in most of the calls this comes up is that how valuable Sangha is that it's just a worthwhile point to bring up over and over again just to recognize that hanging around noble high class satisfied people really is transformative absolutely i was saying to scott earlier today that um i didn't read books anymore because uh, since joining the Sangha because now i have Sangha to replace books and book smarts and stuff and yeah i i thought i saw it as a plus i guess but i mean yeah whatever just like yeah take that books yeah take that books. <laughs> i don't need them anymore. one oh that was he didn't read books either. So, sunk I mean, one book zero <laughs> it, it, it seems to be a trend that, that i've seen where like the more like woke someone is like the less books they like read that's a good point. 
in Sangha, you can almost see yourself as a book because you can see mm-hmm. what kind of nonsense you're talking sometimes if you're talking out of that point of suffering or you can actually see somebody who, who's maintaining a good attitude and you can pick it up on it. It's like even better than a book. A lot of books and self-help uh, stuff um, is usually targeted at a specific audience and read by the audience of people who um, they aren't taking action and they think they need to be acquiring more information to learn what to do better. And it's they yeah. have the delusion <laughs> that if I would only read more, if I would only learn this thing, um, then I would feel better, right? But what you're talking about is here in Sangha, we're not in that um, knowledge acquiring mode. We're in that actually doing mode that we can actually change the way we feel. And it's not about acquiring more words or knowledge. It's about taking the action right now. Yeah. Dr. Jordan yeah. Peterson. <laughs> yeah, that's what meditation is about. You know, it's not about the thinking and book smarts. It's about, it's like a, it's a, like exercise. It's like fitness. You know, it's a, it's a skill. It's a training. It's a, it's a, it's an art. It's a science. You know, it's, it's not, it's not a thing you know. It's a thing you do. And you get the experiential knowledge, and that's the wisdom. But of the like informational knowledge. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you can just be satisfied with the book in between your ears. You have like enough entertainment there to last you. To last you. <laughs> right yeah. now, at least. yeah, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> ellipsis. I like I like this verbal ellipses. <laughs> but yeah, th- this morning I, I was practicing a bit. Um, like I woke up a little bit earlier, but I, rather than like getting out of bed or being like, oh, I got to go on the phone. I just was like, OK, I can just lie here for a little bit. I don't need to go on the screen. I don't need to go even like watch some video or whatever. It's like, wait, no. It's all, all the fun toys are right here. I can play with it, you know, mess, mess about, just come back to getting real relaxed and satisfied, you know, you know, play around, just investigate, you know, when, when the uh, wanting comes up or that little liking or whatever, it's like, okay, can we play with that? And it's, it's just so much, it's so much fun. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? I mean, this is sort of like magical sort of, you know, thinking, but you can kind of get where that can come from. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I honestly, I I could stay here for the next like 10,000 years or something, you know, it was far blown out. I'm like, no, I just need to stay here for the next breath. But you get how like maybe sometimes when they're making this, they're like, oh yeah, somebody dwelt here for like some, you know, absurd amount of time, but it's just like, okay, yeah, no, this is fine. Like you can, you can just really chill out. It doesn't, you know, but the thing is just coming back to like, okay, this one's good. And this one's good. You know, it doesn't have to be a long thing of time. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, if you believe in reincarnation, you're all, you're going to be dwelling here for like ever. And I mean, like a long time. Like lifetime. Uh, uh, hold on, let like, like, me butt in a sec. Always uh, DJ. Yeah? You, okay, so the thing you just said was interesting. Because, uh, the oh, can I live with this for like, the purpose of that, like, thinking like can i live with this for like a absurdly long amount of time like can i be satisfied with this for for you know what i mean yeah so, like that's like the root of thought that like not literally you're not going to be like yeah. for eons you're not going to be in this for eons but can you be satisfied in this for eons 
Yeah, it's yeah, the attitude. Yeah, it's, the attitude. That's the yeah. reality of it, but more yeah. the attitude of if I if if <laughs> someone locked my door and I couldn't get out and they fed me a meal every once in a while, I could live here forever yeah. and satisfied. I forever don't and ever and anything. <laughs> Has anyone ever a... been in a, in a sensory depth tank? Has anyone yes. ever been into a sensory depth tank? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so so I I was in one for I think it was maybe they told me it was an hour, right? Like an hour, and um, it was fantastic. It was it was wonderful, wonderful. Um, and they said they told me basically knock knock on the inside when you're ready to get out, right? And when I when I when I knocked and they let me back out. And they they were all look very surprised. They're like, what? Why? What's going on? How long was I in there? You said they were you were in there for over an hour. And I said, well, okay, well, what's the normal? What's the normal? I said, oh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. He said, I don't think we've seen many people go for an hour in this tank. I was like, man, I was having the best time in there. <laughs> it was wonderful because it was like complete shut out you know there was no transient noise coming in there was no light at all it was it was a wonderful uh experience yeah. what happened to the like experience of your body did you have any like sort of like formless <laughs> formless experience? yeah absolutely absolutely and i couldn't tell you when because there was no concept of time in there there was no real way to know uh because the you know the normal feeling of pressure and everything else is but yeah i mean i certainly there was sort of a melting kind of like blending but it was not it was there was a, a couple of moments of resisting it and then like no no this is it this is the experience and it was really in really really uh relaxing really quite amazing but um <clears throat> but I think I ended up knocking, not because I was worried or scared, but just because it was um, it was like a little timer went off in my head. It's like, you know, I, I wonder, maybe it, maybe it's time. I, I, I can't be in here for weeks, you know. Yeah. So, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, that's the same thing with meditation, though. Like, you sit down, you close your yeah. eyes, and then at a certain point, you're like, okay, that's enough. Like, you go on with your day, do something else. Like, right, but it's not like a something, it's pulling you out like an anxiety or a fear or a repetitive thought it's just like okay this is it just this just feels like the right time to end it yeah now. yeah so, mm -hmm. yeah that, that's 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 pretty important insight um, and you can see yeah. how that's all just right attitude right that the ordinary person's attitude is dissatisfaction and i can't handle this moment i need to go get something in the outside world to satisfy me and that's why they can only last 10 minutes that's why solidary confinement is used as a punishment yeah i'm thinking really how like how is that a punishment <laughs> <I enjoy solitary laughs> to me, it's like can i They're continue feed me? can i continue i don't have to uh you know worry about the the pecking order in prison no man just keep me in. what do i have to do to get into solitary it's really what the question would be <laughs> well i mean uh... Let's put it to the test. Let's throw you in. <laughs> no, 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 no. If I'm already in there, might as well go for broke. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm not saying I want to land in there from nowhere. But, well, we're uh, social yeah. animals to an extent. We need some. This is why we need the sangha. 
We need some human interaction, you know? It's actually torturous to have <laughs> zero human interaction. I'm not saying it's not possible for an enlightened being to go without no interaction, but it's not healthy on the human level to do that. Like, yeah, you could, you could be in a cave um, for the rest of your life and the bugs will be eating away at your legs and just you could be equanimous about that but i wouldn't recommend it make friends with the bugs <laughs> hmm. there might be some We're sort the same of instinctual bugs, thing more, more lower in the mind in the sense of not having social interaction um but on a practice level if you can sit in the bed for whatever 10 minutes 10, or sit years. in the tank for an hour <laughs> yeah 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 what is the difference <laughs> that on an intellectual level, we can just keep reminding ourselves that everything is okay. There's no problems here, even if there's no one to talk to. Exactly. I have myself to talk to, and that's all right. I can think wholesome, gladdening thoughts, and that's all I need. That's beautiful, because like, once you realize that, then you're going to enjoy a lot more talking to people. Because you're not trying to get yes. anything out of that. That's right. You're not trying to get any validation. You're not trying yeah. to prove anything anymore. It's it's almost like you're seeing how you might be able to help them. Like, not in an overt way. Not in like, oh, how can I help you? Like, you know, you're working somewhere. <laughs> but, but more just like, naturally, more we see there's covert, something. More in a covert way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, you help them almost like incidentally, like it's like, you're too busy having a good time to like care, like about saving someone, but you, it's infectious. Happiness is infectious. It's like, I didn't mean to like transmit, um, coronavirus to other people if I got it, but it just happened just by being around them. So it's like, that's how the, <laughs> that's how it works. Like you spend enough time around people with a lot of hamburgers, you're going to start having your own hamburgers and eventually you're going to have your build your own pile of hamburgers on your own. That's how it worked for me, at least calling these um, teachers and like um, enlightened teachers that they, they it, just, it just rubs off on you. And then you start doing it, you do it on your own. I just find like in an ordinary way, like communicating with like ordinary people, it, it, it it only when you like have these contractions, like you contract into this bubble of like getting, as we said, validated or you're trying to prove something, is that when you feel the most inauthentic to yourself. Like it, it, it nothing feels real. Like it, it feels like, why am I doing this? Why, why am I even saying these things? It's like you can see yourself, hey, how are you doing? Hey, how's your day going? It's like random conversations don't feel so authentic. But when you stop contracting, those things actually seem natural that you can say hey how you're doing but with like a different attitude you can say hey how's your day but with a different <clears throat> attitude and that's what kind of absorbed that's what i i know right. in, in my line of work is just like don't I've contract noticed. don't contract so much onto like the meaning or of saying these things just enjoy saying these things and have a good yeah, yeah i've noticed that a lot like it's not small talk for the sake of small talk it's like small talk because you because there's that shared joy between you that sympathetic joy is present you're enjoying each other's company. You're sharing a moment together. You're, you're just you want to talk. You know when you're like when you're really happy. You're kind of social. You're you that attitude of giving and sharing and communing. And yeah, I've noticed that. 
But a lot of times I'll tend to be like quiet and people don't, don't seem comfortable with being quiet. And I'll just be like, that's okay. You know, then they'll say something <laughs> and you'll answer, you know, but it's, it's, it's an attitude. It's what you're comfortable with. It doesn't matter yeah, if you're comfortable with being happened. quiet, you still stay quiet, you know, because you're enjoying yourself. It's, it's, there's a lot of pressure of like talking and, and, and blabbling for the sake of blabbling. But yeah, then definitely. You can talk when you have something worthwhile to say. It's not talking out of trying to fill the air, as people say. It's talking yeah, because exactly. you can provide value to the other person. Yeah. Or you're just like talking <laughs> like recreation, you know? And it's not uh, yeah, I just, yeah. I just talk to hear myself. I just like hearing myself talk. You do. Yeah. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I need to look at it that way. Maybe I'll stop being so quiet. <laughs> I just record myself and listen. Do <laughs> you sing in the shower a lot? Dude, I was doing that this morning. I was singing, <laughs> dancing around my house, singing by myself, having a little concert, a little, a little rave party. That's what should have been on YouTube is for the for the for the future generations. It should have been recorded. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> God's highest teaching. <laughs> the dance, the dancing Buddha. I don't think there is any dancing Buddhas. I don't I think that's a thing. We'll say. Yeah, I've is heard it. Is there a somewhere. dancing Buddha? Because like I know. I don't like, think it's dance. the one guy. I think it's just a phrase. Like it's the the Buddha dancing. No, it's like dancing Shiva. It's like. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, okay. there's like the um, the Hindu Shiva guy who's like, he's like, it's like the Nataraj. He's like dancing, and then what what he's actually doing is dancing on top of ignorance. So like, there's a little crying baby at the bottom of the statue, and then the Shiva is dancing on top of it, and the 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 baby represents like ignorance. It represents like like <laughs> complaining and like being, being a, a whiny little baby <laughs> shiva one ignorant shiva baby also. zero yeah, exactly. yeah. So it, shiva is being on top of your little mound of dirt so it's like you're dancing yeah. on top the little mound of dirt is like the little baby in you and like you're dancing on top of it having a good time yeah like, yeah that's it and it's not it's above the world it's yeah. transcendence you know but 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 that's not all there is to it there's a in one hand he has a drum in the other hand he has a fire so that what that represents is the emptiness of an impermanence so like in one hand he's banging things into creation with the beat of the drum other hand he's destroying the things that he just created and it's like in a it's in like a mandala so like what's actually going on is like manifestation is like creating itself and then destroying itself like at every moment oh. so it's like fucking profound like with like these statues and stuff like that they have like different like metaphorical like meanings that's awesome dude that's awesome as hell yeah i was looking at a buddha dasa book on that uh i think in the middle of his life um before he really just settled down at watson Mok, he went on a pilgrimage to india um, and looked at the art there, and um, obviously, uh, you guys have probably all seen that in like off comments by Dom Rana that there was a lot of art at Watsonmoke in the sense of the um, 
the one where the uh, he's passing on the eye of the Dhamma, the wisdom. Uh, that one's very profound. And um, on the website, there's a whole list and there's a little booklet of it, too, of just different commentaries on how different um, Buddhist uh, pieces of art match on to the teachings. Yeah, they're so interesting and beautiful. Like, <clears throat> I really like the ones where it's like thousands of arms, like it's like a thousand arm Buddha. And there's like arms going off in every different direction. Have you seen that before? I think so. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, like, yeah. Like, uh, I, I think that's supposed like what I take from it, and like I've heard this take also, and it makes sense to me. Is like the the arms like reaching out is like a representation. Like the arms are like uh, supposed to be like symbols for per- perceiving. So like like everywhere your arm is, like you're perceiving that. So like in this room, like you have perceiving in all directions. Like, you're perceiving everything. So, like, and there's really, if we're really here right now, there's a flood of information going on. We only don't realize that because we're stuck in our thoughts or um, yeah. we're ruminating on Just things. The but there's, yeah. there in that very real way, there are hands everywhere in the sense of the yeah. eyes and the ears and the smell, less smell than the others. But, yes, there's so much going on. Yeah, it's like we're like only we're only focusing on the sensations we think are important for like our well-being. But if we just like focused on them equally, we would have yeah, like the problem is you yeah. identify with some sensations and not other sensations. So you're saying this is me. You gotta, like equalize and that's it. not me. So like that's the no self that's the no self insight is that none of it is you. So it's simultaneously like all like one big cosmic happening that's like actually fucking enjoyable. There was a really funny example of this yesterday. We were talking with Luca and he was talking about how a, uh, a girl followed him on Instagram, I think it was the example. And very quick in the mind, it's this girl followed me on Instagram. But really, what is that if you really break it down? There was an account created on Instagram. It has a picture which is yeah. the phone capturing the light of your face and transferring that to ones and zeros <laughs> put on a page and it has the name that people call you by but none of it's actually me but how quick in the mind we identify that object and identify that object in me and then we're not taking in more information then we're thinking about oh this girl liked me on instagram but we could let that arise and then we could let that pass away and just continue enjoying the show yeah that will solve simping so like <laughs> of guys' problems is they're simping for girls on the Instagram and uh, this girl didn't like my picture, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It's just ones and zeros. It's just cosmic data. (laughs) Right, but they get addicted to that validation or that lack of validation from from those platforms, from those, um, from that, from that. That craving arises from at that like uh distance you know it's not even in per- like you said it's not even in person it's at a distance and yet we're uh we want to be filled up people want to be filled up with those like little thumbs you know or little hearts well think about it this way so you may okay so let's say you're texting your girlfriend or texting a girl or whatever and you're not actually with this person right but let's say you get a text that says I love you or something. And then a flood of happiness 
mm-hmm. into you and love and peace and tranquility, you're completely alone. All you did was read three words on a phone. It's like utterly meaningless. So like that proves that the happiness is like an internal like mm-hmm. power. Like that's mm-hmm. that's your natural state. Like you, the the text message was just an excuse to release all of that but you could actually release it on your own without a text message. Like you're always getting a, I love you text message from the universe. (laughs) We were talking about this with like the map analogy earlier. What's happening there is we're looking at our map and we see, Oh, people liking me. That's when I can feel happy. But if we would just look up, we can realize that we can feel happy right now that everything's safe and secure right now. We don't need that specific condition that we've been conditioned to think, Hey, if, this person says this to me, then I can feel happy. We can give ourselves that same love. <clears throat> Making our own warm fuzzies. <laughs> yeah, that story popped in mind. So I, I had an insight that with the Shiva drum analogy, that the drum beats are the sensations. And if we just hear the drum beat, but we don't get attached to it, it just passes away. And then our mind is like the room that the drum beats reverberate in. So if we're clinging to it, then it'll hit, but then the reverberations of that one unpleasant sensation will keep bouncing around our mind and getting louder and louder. Yeah, until if you cling we let to it go. anything that's mind. impermanent, you're bound to suffer, right? The ether. So yeah, what was because because everything that's created is will be destroyed. So if you cling to any of it, you're going to suffer. You cling to anything that has a beginning, it's going to have an end, and then you're going to suffer because of it. So if you don't cling to anything, and actually you could realize that you are the one who's creating it and destroying it in the sense that you are that reality and you like everything is that, like emptiness. Everything is inherently empty. So there's, there's nothing to latch onto or cling onto um, yeah, and you don't need to even say it is me or it's not. It is. Right. And there's a lot yeah, of it that's coming and going that people often say, um, use the language that I am everything or I am you, but that often gets confusing. A better way of saying it maybe is just everything is arising and pass away and there's no need of identifying as me or not me because it just is. That it is all observed. Observ- it is all observation. There is no observer there. That's funny. That's where I go in and I say, who am I talking to? Then? <laughs> if there's, if it's not you, if it's like, if there's no observer, like who's telling me about all of this thing that's just is? So who is telling me that it just is? Your that's, ears are just picking up vibrations in the air. And that's my, that's your brain is assigning no concepts to those. And, and you understand those concepts of someone talking to you, but really... You're just walking on a house, looking at your screen, and there are pixels on the screen. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a like perfect a, understanding, it's but it's just the way it's approached. So the true self approach is ultimately the same. The true self yes, that it's just no, different no identity. Exactly. So like, and that's even within Buddhism. There's the, the Buddha nature teachings, like the Zen teachings, like of uh, what is the Buddha nature of a dog or something like that. Um, and then yes, the idea of I am everything can still be accurate, but oftentimes I would just pointing out that if you come up and say some some that to someone on the street, uh, that might be more confusing 
then mm. just everything is arising and passing away. I don't like the. I, that's probably equally confusing to a random person on this. That's true. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to see yeah. videos of that. If you just like throwing random hey, man, Dama right. like sentences out, social to watch them react. Like, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't. About? I don't like the I am everything thing either. Because really, what what's happening there is when you're saying I am everything is you're constructed a new identity that you are everything rather than everything just being everything and you are that. The instinctual eye, if you were everything, you need to protect everything and it'd be dangerous. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But we're kind of redefining I to mean just reality. The way to put that to the test is like, if you are everything, like I shouldn't be able to make you mad. <laughs> if you get mad, if I like poke at your I am everything, then how are you everything? Because I'm you poking at yourself. <laughs> so if you got mad, then you don't really understand that you are everything. Yes, from that idea, there's the idea that um, I control everything, right? I am everything, I control everything, but it's much easier to communicate that things are just passing and arise, arising, that there is a lot of information and that's all there is. It's just observation, just information. None of it's me. But in the same sense that I'm looking at my hand here, that hand is no different in the sense of you or me than those pixels on the screen. But that doesn't mean I am any of it. It's just there. Yeah, everything. So everything is impermanent. Everything that is a thing is impermanent. It's a thing. If it's a thing, it's impermanent. But if it's, if it's nothing, then it's not impermanent because nothing is permanent. Yes, like the other side of the coin. Even mental states are impermanent. You can have a thought one moment. Even attention is impermanent, right? You can have the attention to pay attention to impermanence. But that intention will eventually fade away and you'll go into the monkey mind, but it'll arise again with the sati and we'll bring that back. And what we're training is that, that we're training the skill of coming back and have arise. That's the good news is that it's completely impermanent and like empty. So you can reprogram it. It's super easy to reprogram it because it's like changing all the time. You can sati reprogram. Like, oh, I'm not gonna go down that road. I'm not. I'm not gonna think those thoughts that are making me miserable. And the more, like, it's as simple as like remembering that it can change just like that. Yeah. Like you wake you next moment. And like you said, that's that's very powerful and unique. Like dogs can't do that, or at least not that's as true. quick as we can. Well. I, <laughs> I've seen dog like pouting and then all of a sudden like it, you you pull a treat out to me it's gonna be happy like instantly I don't see that with humans like I don't like hey man you're depressed here's some bacon <laughs> hey bro like it, that instantly cures their depression like so dogs are kind of like uh, exemplars of the dhamma <laughs> in one way but in the other way they're at a whim to the world right if if someone hands them a treat 
they could at the same time be holding that treat to bait them into their kennel and then they lock them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as the humans, the we can is, be a little wiser. Agreed. The, the difference is dogs don't oh, have, man. can't do it intentionally. Whereas we yeah. have the power to intentionally do that. So that's the difference between a dog and a human and why we're in a special, special position to do it. Definitely, for sure. So they rely the on the physical. The dog population on a whole is probably less or more satisfied than a human population because we get lost in the yeah. concepts of the satisfactory. Yeah. Go ahead, I mean, go I on. don't know, Parker. I see an awful lot of humans get, you know, treats dangled in front of them and then they get locked in their kennels. <laughs> it certainly exactly. happens in the human world. <laughs> All the time. It does. From day one. Just our treats look different and our kennels look different, but they are there. I was going to say it's interesting how you use like the, the dogs and they rely on like a physical, physical stimulation in order to get the, the happiness trigger, like being outside, rolling in the grass, having a snack. And then when <sighs> we should the, do that more. I know. I was going to say all that sounds pretty the, good. <laughs> rolling in the grass. Grass, roll down a grassy hill. Listen to, roll down a grassy hill and like uh, start laughing about like how yeah. how funny it was to roll down that grassy hill. Whee! <laughs> and then pull out my squashed hamburger and eat it. Yeah. Or ho hopefully, I, I don't like the hamburger because we have an obesity problem here in America. So hopefully, uh, fruits and veggies you brought to the picnic. Salmon salad. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying carl oh nothing i was just gonna say uh, the good practice for me recently has been just um once you wake up is paying attention to each each moment and how your attention is shifting like for example i pick up a glass i take a sip and then what happens next when i put the glass down i'm still paying attention after i put the glass down it, it doesn't mean like the action has ended there same as in like I think we previously talked about is like walking into the rooms and actually looking at the room and, and getting all the information down. I found that quite helpful, like throughout like, the years. It's just like whenever whenever you build up enough sadi is 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 taking that practice a bit more and then you can see that everything everything that you're doing is essentially just a concept. So you, you're telling yourself, I'm gonna pick up a glass. But then if you're actually looking and picking up a glass, that you see that there is nothing. You see the, 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 the action by itself being done by itself. There is no me in there. Like, there is no me picking up the glass. The glass picks itself up. I don't know. If, if well, then that who's, plays, who's but... telling us about picking up the glass? <laughs> the glass <laughs> itself is telling us. How would you be able to tell us about you picking up and putting the glass if there was no you to experience that? You wouldn't be able to tell me. <laughs> well, there was well, no specific you... thing you can point at as you, but there are still minds, body, and still thoughts. Yes. It, with the glass example, that's a great example because the mind will go to the object of thinking a concept of a glass. Um, but the practice of being with our hands that Dom Rauta talks about is to really feel when that hand first contacts the glass and feel it as you pick it up and feel it as you put it down and really slowly lift your hand up. Um, and really be here in in here with the senses because there is a lot of you can feel a lot of stuff in the hands um, and athletes would know that especially that the hands are very nuanced and um, just being in the sensations more because we go from concept to con concept 
that's where the idea of a monkey mind comes from, yeah. from vine to vine, without really thinking where we're going. Uh, but like you're talking about having the intention just to really experience what's happening right now, rather than just the concept, but what's happening in a hand? How does it feel to pick up this glass of water, right? How does it feel to drink it? Where does How does it feel to swallow the water? How does it feel to put it down? But getting intimate with our present experience. Yeah, like that's the actual application of it. Whereas like, don't, don't, don't make an existential like paradigm about it. Like it's something to be seen and experienced. It's not like a new existential viewpoint. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like this is where it goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's simple, right? It's right yeah, here it's now. Simple. But people it's think direct. about the concepts. Uh, yeah. Just like the, um, the video of the people passing the basketball back and forth. And there's the gorilla walking behind. Right. What we're doing when we're thinking about yeah. these concepts and trying to get somewhere, we're focusing so closely on that basketball that we're not really seeing what's trying to be told. Lots of memory, dude. That was, I, I totally forgot about that video. When I was a little kid, I went to like a science museum and they had that like as one of the things. And they're like at the end, it was like, did you see the gorilla? And I was like, what? There was a fucking gorilla? That uh, yeah. blew my mind, bro. That happened to me as a kid too, man. <laughs> <laughs> and in the same sense we're caught taught up taught in society to look count basketballs when really we can just sit back and enjoy the gorilla yeah you can see the whole the show. basketball in the sense is the the a to b instead of just the a to c and really just taking in what's happening right now and or, everything's or, okay without focusing on the basketball. It's fine not to count the basketballs perfectly. Or to rip off that little metaphor, be you can. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You can enjoy the bas. You can have the basketball yes. in your and see the gorilla. That's like, that's like what these people, mindfulness people, are doing. Really, is developing the capacity to experience every like a bunch of things simultaneously like um so it you tend to not like thoughts and feelings have like their respective like weight to them they're not blown out of proportion because you're you're mindful of every like so many other things going on so it's just like one little aspect is like your thoughts and feelings and then when you realize thoughts and feelings to be thoughts and feelings you realize that it's really simple to like change them into like happy thoughts and feelings well well, remember you see their respective like weight you you don't you don't see them as self or like something bigger than what they are it's just a thought it's a feeling let's remember that the 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 the, one of the distracting parts of that video is that you're asked to count how many times they pass the basketball so you're processing and you're tr- you have a goal that you're attached to. That's the main reason why people miss the gorilla, right? Rather than just enjoying the fact that these people are passing the basketball, and then there's a gorilla. Oh, cool! Look at that too. But because we're focused on this very numerical, limited task, that's the distraction right there that prevents it. So, yeah, we have to look at the entire, uh, you know what that thought experiment really is you know what that what that it's because of the distraction of the processing right rather than not processing it and just 
enjoying whatever uh, input arises in this no case. Goal. Yeah. Right, no goal, right? If the if 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 person if the someone said watch this video and enjoy it, well, don't you think he would see the gorilla? Yeah. Probably, more than likely you would. But yeah. because nothing was, to do. But be, right, but because they said count the passes, you're focused on this one small task and then you miss it. And that's that's a very good analogy. So but that sounds like seclusion. Like if if you're not asked to do that task, that's like when we can put ourselves in seclusion and we can see the thoughts and we can see the emotions as just another another rising and passing. But when there's a task and when there's actual life happening, like somebody insults you, something happening, we tend to contract because that now there's a goal. Now there's like some kind of me in that situation. So now I have to count the balls. Now I have to pay attention what what's happening instead of actually chilling out and and, and taking a better look at it right that's how mm. I, I i see this thing now yes and there's yeah. a difference between having to do it i have to count the balls between it just being a game to play and something that you you can count the balls and really be here now without uh, when i first watched the video maybe probably five years back or something i'm very perfectionist so it was sort of like a memory arises of I, Oh, this is a challenge. I'm going to count all the balls. I'm exactly. Count. Right. Now, now it's like, oh, I'm going to show I can do it. And Wait he's like, minute. and that's identity, right? Parker? That's identity. <laughs> I never would have guessed that, Parker. I never would have guessed that. <laughs> Parker, you reformed yourself. Because <laughs> you've surely seen with me, like, I've really clung on to that perfectionist conditioning with the Dharma. Like, I have to. I have to nail it every time. I have to get the exact formula right that the E equals MC squared enlightenment trick, you know, which is just do kindergarten order. But you know what I mean? Like, like I have to get it just right. You know, I have to get the cessation. And that's cool. That's cool. That's inspiring to see that you used to be like that, but you've overcome it so much. Because I, I agree with Scott. Like, I would never have thought you, you were a perfectionist. Yes. When you're seeing those arise, the thoughts of I should do this. And really, it's the idea of um, old memories of rising. I should do this to meet the rules that people have um, enforced on me before. And I got gratification from following those rules perfectly. But that video is great because it presents it like that. But it's a bait and switch. Really, it's seeing whether or not you're paying attention here and now. And you can see the gorilla. Yeah, it's too kind of a bait and switch. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. All right, boys. Well... I'm going to head out. This has been a really enjoyable Sangha call. I'm glad I came on. And thank you, everyone. I'm going to go spread the Dhamma to the whole universe. All right. We'll feel it. We're feeling it. Peace out, brother. He's going to spread, spread the good Dhamma vibes elsewhere. The only reason I'm laying down, Robert, is because of you. I saw you laying down. I was like, I'm going to mix it up for the time. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lay down. I <laughs> could totally do that. Break the rules. It's chill, man. It's chill. The rules. The chill rules. The um, rules I'm, of the Dhamma call. You've got to hold those, like, Correct things. conduct. No vaping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No vaping, no aping. <laughs> 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 oh, 
goodness. Oh yeah, we were talking a bit about um, before, like liking the sound of your own voice or just enjoying talking. But that was making me think a little bit about, um, I, I started playing around with like audio journals just to sort of, you know, also practice just, just talking in sort of a freeform way, but like as, as like an all sort of alternative. And it's been a lot of fun with that too. Like I do like written journals, but then also just taking some time and just really working in with the speech and having some fun with that. That's quite enjoyable. So that's like, a, it's like, okay, you're recording. And it's like, I might come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, for Rick. This is my note. Sorry, all right. Know. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're often critical of ourselves, the way we sound mm. or whatever, because it doesn't sound exactly how we hear it. Um, when it's coming from our mouth and we're hearing it here, that it sounds differently when we're playing it back. Um but that's that's irrational, right? That people we we talk to people and they don't share that. Hey, you're horrible for sounding like this, and you sound horrible. It's the same way. Yeah, go ahead, Rick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a as a as a teacher who you know, I have to speak a lot. I mean, actually, well, I take it back. I have to listen more than I speak, but I still have to explain quite a bit when I to my students about different things. And, um, you know, it's, it's excellent point that, you know, oftentimes our default position is to, to dislike the sound of our recorded voice because it sounds higher than we think or more whiny than we tend to think. But um, I had a student about two or three months ago mention how much the I, I teach her and her sister at different times, like different classes. And she mentioned to me, I think it was like at the end of a uh, end of a term, that uh, her her mother would walk through the and sometimes listen to part of the class, and she wanted to comment how much she enjoyed the sound of my voice. She said, "Oh, is this guy like? Doesn't don't you think he should be on the radio, like some sort of a announcer or something?" And you know, my perception of in the past has been like. I'm sure hope people don't, you know, think of it the way I do. But here's this person with a completely opposite view of perceiving the sound that I create, mm. uh, you know, with speech. And so it's really, really interesting to get like a completely like a, a, an opposite perspective on that. And then, of course, you know, as a as a as a someone who's practicing along this path, I throw both of them out both my criti critical distastefulness of my recorded voice and the pleasant and surprising validation that I got mm. from someone, because neither of them are really true. Neither of them are really that important. But it's mm. just interesting to see, like it was almost like by getting the opposite, I was able to see, well, my, my point of view is useless too. So I was able to look at both of them and go, eh, forget that. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> not falling to the praise or the blame and just remaining secure yeah mm -hmm. like that's that's sort of the nice thing with it. it's more secure that way if you're not you know joe i 
I need to, uh, you know, be praised for this particular feature or be blamed for it, but just being confident, you know, yeah, in, in, yeah. in, in, in this. Um, uh, that, uh, that made me think, too, because, like, earlier um, today when I was at work, actually, somebody came up and was like, oh, you were really helpful and all that stuff, like, last time. And, I mean, it did, yeah, sure, it, like, felt good and stuff, but then I remembered it was like, yeah, this is good, but also, hey, you know what? I'm I'm fine, you know, like anyway, I don't have to like kind of be like, oh, okay, I was praised and I have to hold on to this, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's like yeah. being able to graciously accept praise but mm -hmm. not take it personally. Yeah. And I know it sounds crazy like don't take praise personally because it mm -hmm. seems very personal, but by taking it personal then suddenly your ego starts to want more. Like it's like mm -hmm. it it starts something up. And you're like, oh, this person says something. I want another hit. I want another hit. And then suddenly yeah. you're chasing down praise. Whereas before, yes. you didn't even, you weren't even thinking about it until it suddenly uh, happened. And you're like, oh, man, that was a really good hit of praise. Oh, man. And then it, it's almost becomes like a, a, if you're not aware of it, it can become a drug. So then it's like, okay, yeah. I got some praise. 100%. That's Bro, cool. I, 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 Out. I, I made an <laughs> post like two weeks ago that got 30 likes and i think my previous most likes i'd ever got was 28 and so this was two more likes than i'd ever gotten on an instagram post and i was like holy shit i felt so good i was like oh my god people like me i need to post more pictures like this <laughs> and, um, it was just like a random ass picture of me smiling with like some memes like afterwards so it wasn't like i, w it w I was like surprised because it wasn't any different from normal like stuff i put on instagram but like it showed me like how how like attached to like people's approval of me I was that I was like, what did I do right this time? I want these likes again. And it's like, what the hell? Like, anyway, I, I having that on. gratification in compliments. There's also a danger in it because exactly. we're making ourselves susceptible yes. yeah. to hey, when the person next time says your voice sounds like shit, <laughs> that it'll hurt your feelings, right? If we're attached to that idea, <laughs> right? But at the same time, we can compliment each other. Um, and really, we need to hear those compliments first most of the time mm. before we can let go. That's really helpful, right? To be able to be praised for something. Um, and then you can recognize, I don't need either of these, like you were talking about, Rick. But okay, it's fun. Happened, man. That's, sorry, but that's what happened to me. I posted another pic. I was like, this one's even better. I got like four likes on it. I was like, you what can did see I do? How delusional that is because Leo Messi or Kendall Jenner, they're getting millions of likes on their posts. And they're relating to it in the same way. This one got less than the that one. This one got more. Rather than looking at it from an yeah, objective got perspective. This one got one million. Like, yeah, exactly. So congratulations, Robert, for spotting uh, the praise trap. Good for you. Congratulations. <laughs> but there's also nothing wrong in enjoying it in the moment. You can, mm -hmm. As long as you see it as a trap. If somebody praises you, you can enjoy it for that moment. Yeah. Oh, it's it, this nice 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 feeling this person saw something i, I it, they felt pleasant because of something i did or or something i posted and then you just let it go like you yes. understand the experience is is not there to stay because if you try to make it stay that's when the suffering comes comes about because you're yeah. trying to re re replicate the, the the same experience that is meant to be once meant that's to be just, just now operate. there the liking but not wanting yeah, exactly. Well, yeah exactly. usually in the moment that it occurs especially if the, it's been spoken to me real time, I accept it graciously as like a gift 
But then as soon as that, as soon as even a few more mind moments, it's gone. It's like mm-hmm. I flush it out of my system. Exactly. So I appreciate it. And I appreciate it in a way that I would appreciate a gift that someone gives me. Like, oh, thank you. Like, oh, like like a birthday present. Mm. But then as soon as we've moved on to a new subject, the, the person's not there. And so it's like, okay, it's uh, time to uh, recycle that. <laughs> not there anymore. Right. It's not there anymore. And I'm not, I don't want to get to the point where I'm looking, I'm looking for more. I'm looking for more. And, and it, as you said, Parker, it's you have to kind of start with the compliments, but then later you can move it to the criticisms too. And say, okay, that's not personal either. Mm. It may feel no, that way, but it's not personal that. either. Nope. Really, the person they're complimenting is not you, because you would you don't even know who you are in the sense that we're a moving target. We're really changing, um, and what they're complimenting is just their perception of you and. They might have things left out or whatever that their idea of you is not the same as your idea of you. And if we're wise, we can throw out that whole idea of ourself altogether, which is the idea of anatta, not self, and just be here now. We don't need to form ideas or yeah. personality. We don't need to self. form a, a self to protect and stuff. We don't need to do that in the first place. We can just enjoy now without a self. Yeah. Yeah, but it's very habitual. You know, you get uh, a negative comment thrown at you, written at you, whatever. Uh, it 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 can because of the habitual ways of thinking, the way we receive it, and that instant like of trying to protect, you know, and then of course like in the, you know, like in the Aikido world, we accept it and turn it back. <laughs> I don't mean like throw it back, but to accept it, like, oh, okay, they're 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 making noises at me. Okay, all right, I understand that, and it's neutralized like that. It's more of a mental practice. When the person was angry at him or criticizing him, he's like, "What do you do?" Imagine someone walks to a party and offers a gift, and the hosts of the party don't accept that gift. Who owns that gift? The person who's angry still owns the gift. The gift of anger when they try and give it. And it isn't taken. It's their gift. They're still angry, and you don't have to be affected by it. But that's why we need the sati for when we need it most, right? Because it is habitual. It is our conditioning that um, we feel good when we're praised, and we don't like it when we're um, criticized. But if we can have that sati for when we need it most, we don't need to um, get excited by either one. Yeah, don't get get excited. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the joy that comes out of it is just like paying, looking at the experience as an experience is, is tremendous. Like you're just sitting there and looking at somebody screaming at you negatively and you're just smiling and you're enjoying, you're seeing their mouth move or them shouting. Little, face, little shapes they make with their lips. Furrowed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eyebrows. Looking at it. This is very fascinating, very interesting show. It's like fireworks. <laughs> it's like someone's shooting fireworks off. With their body language. <laughs> so much energy in there. Like there's, you can tell there's a lot of energy. And that's like, it's like, a, as you said, like a fireworks show. It's exciting to watch. It's like explosions everywhere. Yes, this is like, this is a climax in the, um, in the, in the personality's narrative, in the, in the storybook. You know, this is, this is one of the, the exciting parts of the, uh, of the movie. Yeah, and here we can talk about it from detached, but when someone's angry at us and they're angry at you, 
you have to be quick in the mind to not create that self of they're angry at me that it'll come up and you'll let it go and then they'll keep complaining and then it'll come again again and then you let it go and i'm okay right now you'll be nice to the person and it's having that sati for when we need it most and being quick and taking that right effort to not create the self there to defend it's like yeah exactly it's like instead of saying they're angry at me you're like oh they're angry (laughs) yes they're angry cut the sentence Cut it off, like angry. <laughs> but you can also seek out. We create the self in relationships. Like for example, if 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 a random person, homeless person, is angry at me, I can see maybe he's intoxicated, and I can laugh it off. But now, if I take the same situation, and now I have a relationship with somebody, I create the self much more because I can see I exist in this relationship with this person, and I had this uh, experiences with this person, like memories, future, past, whatever, and I we collect that and create myself. I'm like, oh, this person was behaving like this previously and now they're acting angry towards me. And instantly you contract into yourself. Like, what have I done wrong? You start creating the self. So it's also interesting to see how you can, it's easy to detach yourself when you don't have a relationship. Like when you don't have any experience as man, any data collected in your brain with a person. But then it's completely opposite when you do. When you do hold on to the previous experiences, when you do hold on to the old data you have of a person, your your girlfriend or your friends or co-worker, you can see that that data tricks you because now that person has moved on. He's a moving target. Now he's angry, but you haven't. You're still holding on that previous expectation. That's a really of that good person, point. Right? Yes, exactly. That there's the we have an idea of this is this person and they do these things, but the Buddha talks about it in the words of the comings and goings of other beings. When we're satisfied, we can see the comings and goings of other beings, that they'll be angry one moment and satisfied the next, and they're a completely different person. So there was, um, I read in a Dalai Lama book at one time that um, although there are different memories we have from different friendships, we can take each friendship or each person we meet, like it's the first time we're meeting them in the sense that we're relating to them in the, the first time we're meeting them. Um, in the sense that we're here now, we're not creating this person that we've been talking to in the past and they're coming here now to talk to me again, that this person is new right now. They're coming with new experiences, new mind states, and we can treat them like that. That we can use old history um, to investigate and help draw better conclusions uh, but there's no need to cling to it because that's suffering. When we're holding on to a uh, concept of a relationship mm-hmm. and then say that person says, I don't like you anymore. What happened to my relationship here? <laughs> they were my friend. Well, it's back to change, right? The people change. And it's like the old concept doesn't reflect this these changes that have occurred. Yeah. The cycles. Exactly. Well, it's nice to meet all of you. <laughs> I can't remember who who said it. Someone, some famous meditation teacher said that. Um, I can't remember the exact quote. But it was basically along the lines of the self is a bunch of functions in uh, a trench coat, like standing on each other, pretending to be a self. But really, it's a bunch of different reactions and patterns that we have learned from our lives and you know maybe the negative ones come from traumas or whatever but it's a bunch of these different 
mental processes that are standing on each other in a in a trench coat like one of those uh, kids and and cartoons or wherever that that uh that <laughs> comes from. That's like what the self is. So you know, you're talking to a different one of their you know reactive patterns or the you know. yeah. The the self is five despicable me minions in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like what I was talking about with Rick with parts work. It's like which which part has like the light of attention, which one is holding the beam of attention, controlling it. Could be different for every time you meet a person, and you think you're talking to like one person. You know, actually, like that's a like good it. point. Sometimes I will, if I have something that I want to tell my wife, sometimes, and I. I want to make sure that she's the most receptive to it. Like an older version of, of me would have told her immediately, like, oh, I've got to tell you this, and I couldn't hold on to it. But currently I'm more aware that sometimes it's simply not convenient because her receptiveness is at a low point. Maybe she's tired, she's finished with work. And I'm a lot more uh, aware of when when to time this kind of information so that it will be at a high high state of receptivity and then it takes a little bit of um kind of like detective work or awareness of how she is rather than just being focused on oh i can't hold on to this information i gotta tell you and then of course when it's not received or received in the way that i was thinking it might be then there's that whole fall is another chain as well but yeah, it's it's a it's a little bit about that too. Yep. Investigating that wanting, whether or not it's good to tell him at that point, that wanting to talk, that feeling like I need to talk, mm-hmm. that I need to mm-hmm. express this now, because that's old conditioning, and we can wake up to that. This thing happened to me. Maybe it made me feel good, and I wanted to share it with someone else, or I didn't like it, and I wanted to complain to someone else. And there was that needing to tell someone else that we can just have that thing happen, that not liking happen, and just pass away. And play with it, because there will be times where it's wise to share that thing and times where it isn't. But either way, not doing out of a need to share it. Right, right. Not doing out of a need need to share. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I noticed about like the small talk is, is the best is when the, 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 the most I get out of the conversations is when I'm sharing genuinely with investigating it first. Like I'll invest. It's not like. I'm sitting there thinking about what I'm going to say to this person for 10 seconds, but it's like one mind moment. I see something and then I see, oh, I shouldn't say that because it's, it's, it, 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 it's going to like rub wrong or it's going to sound weird. But then I can, I can see, oh, it's actually generally giving me a lot of joy. So I'm going to share that joy with somebody else. But now if I can see something of me just wanting to talk, like saying, oh, I have to share. I, I see something really funny to, to me, but that person might react in a different way to that. So, I generally will hold off because now I can investigate and see, oh, maybe this this is not a good idea. Maybe I'll keep that fun to myself this time. So it's a really interesting like uh, way of like looking at it because it, you, you can conceptualize it into like this one thing. It's it's either do it or don't do it. But it, it, it requires your own personal touch, your own personal view, as as, as you said, seeing seeing the, the whole motion of the ocean as you would say you see you see other people moving how they're feeling how they're acting and then you see how am i feeling how are they 
how how am I like feeling? How am I like? What's my sati? Well, like, what am I trying to get out of this? Yeah, and it's so much easier to observe those patterns from others when you're not so busy trying to like manage your own. And I mean manage, you know. It's like okay, I'm I'm pretty uh, clear and feeling great. So uh, let's see what's going on over here, <laughs> rather than oh, um, I've got to manage my own reactions and responses because yeah, of these like, mental states. Yeah, I feel like with that, Rick, it's like you're cutting out half the work. Like originally, we're we're seeing someone and then we're relating it how it's important to me and how I should act. But then if you remove that second half, you're just seeing them. You get so much more. You're wasting, you know, wasting mind moments worrying about how what they're doing affects how you should be. You're just seeing what they're Right. It's absolute. It's sort of like absolute receptivity. It's mm -hmm. like, and, and that's, again, I like to practice that when I'm, I'm, I'm calling my Korean students. It's absolute receptivity because I don't have any uh, um, ulterior motives with anything. And I don't have to tell them stuff. I don't even mention anything about what I, what's going on with me unless they explicitly ask because they're not a friend. They're not like, oh, I mean, they are in a way, but not, not in a, that way. So it's, it's a really good place for me to practice that receptivity. Yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome example. And get paid. <laughs> and, spread, uh, and spread some calm <laughs> to the stressed out people there. They are really yeah, stressed. They are super yeah. stressed, man. They oh, work man. really hard in Korea. I think I saw like a documentary about them. They have like school and then tuition and then they have this whole system. Like it's very like they take education super it's serious. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, they start the kids out. There's kindergartens are competitive. Who can get their kids into the the highest level of immersion English at five and six? It's wicked competitive. Yeah, that's right. All the way up, all the way up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, Carl, with the idea of when you hear something, another uh, way of understanding it is Dom Rado tells the story of a student that he shared something with him that the student has heard many times, but this time it clicked that there was an insight. He really understood it. And the, the thing he did afterwards was go share it with his dad because he thought that that really good feeling that he got from understanding that, that his dad would get the same thing without understanding that the benefit he got from it was because of all the dots before that were in place that connected that dot. And that really just made sense. So we can understand whether the dots in other people's mind that, will this make sense to them? If I'm using Dhamma language, that probably won't make sense to them, right? If I'm using poly terms, that probably won't make sense to them. But if I'm just having a good laugh, and telling them not to worry and be happy that might make more sense mm -hmm. i have like few examples like uh, of that uh, as far as like people usually t tell me oh i'm so tired i'm so tired and they ask me how are you like why why you don't you why, why are you not tired i'm like yeah i'm not tired you know and and you can drop it in like very subtly saying you know what like sometimes i think like if i if i say out loud that i'm tired then i really become tired and then it sticks <laughs> to that person you know it really does sometimes stick like it did stick to this person because he probably connected all the little dots. Hey, I'm always complaining that I'm tired. So finally yeah. somebody said something else that one I'm used to hearing, right? Because other person would be like, oh yeah, I'm tired sometimes as well. But 
you reply in a different manner because you're actually being receptive. You're 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 looking at it and you're investigating and you're actually, yeah, important. And, and a lot of people want to want others to fall in their pattern of co of like misery. They literally are looking for co like someone to commiserate with. Yeah, like, like, like literally, you know. And then when you suddenly aren't, you're like, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to commiserate with you because I'm not miserable. Like, and then they switch and they go, well, why not? Why aren't you miserable? I'm like, oh, I've got these cool things going on, <laughs> but not in a bracky way. Just like, yeah, it's it's pretty sweet, you know. I've got yeah. a, a pretty nice situation going on here, you know. And if uh, we can flip here. them. That's a much better gift than commiserating with them. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's like co yeah, yeah. joyinating. <laughs> give, give them a couple hours to just like feel feel some of your good vibes, you know, radiate it to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there, you there you go, DJ. Whatever this is. Uncle little star. <laughs> it's Shiva's drum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, sending good force vibes to them. It is May the Fourth, so you know. <laughs> oh yeah, right, right. That's the thing. <laughs> that's a cultural thing. I ever yeah about that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I didn't even I didn't even catch it go to April tonight. That's crazy. Yeah. Robert, <laughs> Robert's <laughs> like, it's May. <laughs> hey, time flies when you're having fun, right? It's May. I thought it was <laughs> August. <laughs> Yeah, it was like April 30th last time I checked. It's like, holy shit, it's been four days. Like, shut down. Great. What day is it? What month is it? It really is nice, though, not to be pinned down to a schedule. That we can just use time as something that's beneficial, you know, because scheduling things might be beneficial at some point. But not in the sense of, I need to do this at this certain day, or... When I was in school full time, it was, you know, thinking about I want to get to Sunday or I want to get to Saturday and when it will be when it will be Friday, when will this be over? But we don't have to think of time like that anymore. And humans for thousands and thousands of years didn't think of it like that. They didn't have the clock and certain numbers they referred to. It was just when the sun rises and when the sun falls. And there were obviously more complex versions of that. But um, not in the rigorous sense that we have nowadays of you need to wake up at 8 a.m. every morning and get to work at 9 and then clock out at 5 and then get to bed, get home so you can get a nice dinner and watch TV and then so you can get to bed at whatever, 9, so you can get that 8 hours of sleep that you need. But that wasn't something that people had before. That There weren't even screens, so they could just go to sleep when they felt tired. There wasn't something to keep them up. The candlelight was probably less attractive than YouTube, I imagine. Uh, they would fall asleep and just sleep the night and wake up. It wasn't a job they had to do. So we can start to see that, that we make it a job and let go of that now. We don't have to make sleeping a job, make make a certain weekday a job. Well, I, I like the idea that instead of it being, I have to do it on this certain day, I'm all into the mode of, I get to do it. Oh, it's Monday. Good. I get to do these exactly. activities. It's Friday. I get to do these activities. I love you know. that. I love everything. It's that little one word, just like, and it makes a difference for sure. It's like woohoo! Yeah, because yeah. Sorry, there can be a lot of confusion at first when you get into these things. You can say, "Oh, I don't have to work," but I mean, you don't have to work, but you flip that switch in the way you look at the thing. It's not essentially like you you don't want to go to work or etc. <laughs> but 
you look at the whole thing completely differently. You look at it as a play. You, as you said, I, I get to do this. I get to go play. And, and then it becomes joyful. It, it, it really is not like a, a struggle, you know? Oh, I'm going right, to right. this. I'm going to get a bit of money. Maybe I'm going to buy a nice steak or I'm going to buy some nice vegetables or something. I'm going to chill out, you know? I'm going to have a roof over my head. Those are nice things. Even if I don't have them, it's nice. But it's, it's mm. nice to have a roof over your head. It's nice to sleep in a, in a warm environment, I guess. So like, so last night I had, uh, I had 19, 19 individual phone calls ranging between 10 to 20 minutes in a, in a, in a space of about five hours with just like, I think one person didn't answer. So I had like a quick 20 minute break or whatever, right? By call number 17, you know, I had almost as much energy as I did to, for call number one as I did for like towards the end of the night, right? Because the person was curious. It's like, well, how many students do you talk to? I said, oh, today I've got 19. They say, well, what number am I? I'm like, oh, I'm number 17. And you're, you're number 17. And he's like, well, well, you sound like you have a lot of energy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because I like this. This is fun. This is fun. I don't feel like it's a job. I don't feel like it's work in that way. And then he's like, oh, man, you're lucky. <laughs> lucky. You know, but and I'm not going to take it any further to go into. Well, it's also my perspective about it because, you know, I don't want to push it too hard, but it's, you know, his perspective, he'll take it the wrong way and he'll think that you're trying to be braggadocious. Or well, right, right. So I have to I'm being skillful with how I how I term it. And I'm only answering questions in in a way that I think will be appropriate for the for the situation. But anyway, that's my point is that, you know, even after 17 or 18 calls, I felt pretty, pretty energetic. Like I could have kept going, I guess, without because it wasn't like each call was taking something from me. It wasn't like I was giving a piece of energy to this person. I was just having this exchange, you know. Yeah, you're just radiating your innate energy and they were just yeah. eating it up. It's a renewable resource. <laughs> right. It's a renewable resource. Yeah, why not? Yeah, of course. There's no limit to our warm fuzzies. You just keep reaching in the bag. Yeah. You know, something you said, Parker, earlier got me thinking about, like, before there was clocks and time and stuff. You know, you see these series, you know, whether it's uh, Western or, you know, period pieces or even sci-fi where a person travels to another planet or to another place and the person that they're looking for isn't there, Right. So there's this understood thing that they have to wait for this individual. Now, of course, you're not, they're not going to show you them waiting because that'd be kind of boring TV or movie. But the concept of us waiting for people in the way that we accept from like a long time ago or even, you know, whatever this particular situation in this movie or TV show or series is, it's very, very interesting. You know, and it's not like when they finally show the scene where the person comes in and they have this exchange, you know, and the person's been like, who knows how long they've been waiting, but they're not pissed at all. It's like, okay, finally, this guy came in, but they're not like angry, like, dude, where were you? What's up? You know, it's just accepted that that was part of what they were supposed to do is wait for this interaction, you know, and I think about in the modern time, you know, people aren't waiting around days for each other. People would never wait around days for each other, you know, or hours like that, you know. I mean, I guess 
I guess they might. But it's really interesting to see that, you know, that difference in time perception and social expectation and how that all plays together. It's really funny. That is a good point. Yeah, it's like, you know, you, you, the, the, the cowboy walks in and they've got the, the, the person just sitting, sitting there with the feet on the desk. and like, man, how long were you there? Like for hours they've been waiting for this guy. But they, when they come in, it's like, oh, it's all fresh. Like, oh, it's just here for 10 minutes. But you know that that's not how it was set up in the scene. They've been waiting there for like the entire day. But they're not they're cool with it. Like, oh, OK. And you get this idea that that was an that was not such an expectation back, you know, before we had phones and clocks and this sort of like minute to minute updating technology. It was just that's what you did. You know, you just waited around, you know, you occupied yourself with whatever. So. Anyway. Can't wait to be done with waiting. <laughs> that's right. that's what I, love it comes that. I love that. It's like whenever you're at work, oh, I can't wait to be done. Oh, I can't wait to be done. Like, be done with what? <laughs> yeah, you know what I do sometimes with that is I as I go all the way through my week in like a second. And I go, mm -hmm. next week I'm going to be here again. So I should enjoy, I'm going to enjoy this moment right now. <laughs> like, I fast forward it. Like, I go, I don't go to the point to where, oh, okay, I'm done waiting. I go way beyond that, like all the way to Wednesday again, or all the way to, it's like, okay, I'm back here again. I'd be doing this next week. So what am I, what am I waiting for? Oh yeah, nothing. Uh. <laughs> Rick, I, I've been doing something kind of similar to that with um, overcoming my desire to eat when I'm bored, not out of hunger, out of boredom. So overeating basically. Well, I'll think to myself, like, um, and it, like, I'll think, how am I going to feel after I finish the food? Yeah, yeah. Exactly the same as I do now, except a bit lethargic and a little bit guilty, you know? It's like, uh, it's, uh, and I really like this philosophy that I've been coming back to a lot lately is like, the present moment is always like the same moment, you know? It's yeah, always the moment. You know? Yeah, it's, it's good. Never one. And, and, I, and I just, I just love that. It's like, after I finish eating, it's going to be this moment again. Like I might as well just enjoy it now. Like cause it's not, it's not going anywhere. No, it's in the road right, now. right. Once the distraction is done, we're back in the present again. After having, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Whether it was a, a wholesome thing we did or an us wholesome thing we did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's good. That's good yeah, stuff. That's a wonderful attitude. Thank you. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. That is. That's Glad to share the joy, sympathetic joy in action. I can't remember the name of that in Pali. One of the Mudita. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> meaning meaning taken. All right, guys, I have to head out, and uh, it's yeah. nice to chat with all of you really? today. Enjoyed yeah. it immensely. It's been really great, you guys. Yeah, so, great talk. Um, Thank you, guys. Have a good fantastic you, week, everybody. Enjoy it. Bye. 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 <laughs>